Jesus is God's answer about love. It's, it's interesting how much we think about love, talk about love, focus on love. I wonder why that's such a big issue for us. I was thinking about this. From an evolutionary standpoint, there's not that much gain in the concept of love. You know, short of perpetuating the human race, uh, there's not evolution from an evolutionary uh, standpoint that much need for the kind of love that we think about, that we want to experience, and that we share with one another. Why love and, and what love? It says about the Jew or about Jesus, it said, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. We had the passage read, uh, Jesus' good friend Lazarus had died. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were good friends, and he was sick. Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus to get him to come and, and help, help his friend. Uh, Jesus tarried, and Lazarus died. Jesus now has shown up and he's going out to visit the tomb. And we have this, this very emotional passage, Jesus wept. And the Jews, it said, as they concluded, it said, see how he loved him. We think about the love of God and, and how God loves us and how God cares for us and all of those things. But in the midst of that, there are questions. Well, if God loves us so much, how come this happens? Why does that happen? They had a question that day too. They said, but some of them said, could not the man who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? If God loved Lazarus so much, if Jesus loved Lazarus so much, why did he let him die? If God loves the world so much, if God loves you so much, how come the mean, nasty, terrible things happen that are happening out there. We have all kinds of questions about experience. We're bombarded with different thoughts about reality, about our existence. We ask who, what, why, when, where, how. Who is the true God? Or is it God's? Is there one? Are there a lot of gods? Who is the true God? What is the point of life? What am I here for? Why aren't things better? That's a big one, isn't it? If God loves us so much, why aren't things better for me? Or when can we expect things to get better? Where should we invest our lives? How can we know we are safe? Safety is a big issue. People are frightened. People are scared. Scared about this side, that side, this bad person, that bad person, illnesses. We have all of these questions about our existence. We have all of our questions about how God fits into that. And we sort through. And John has for us today some simple clarity. Here's the answer. Here's the hope. Here's the thing. It's Jesus. Jesus is God's global initiative. The Father sent His Son to love this is the certainty that John wants us to have, that God wants us to have. Uh, they, there was a lot of uncertainty in the church in the days of John. Uh, there were different teachers, there were different voices talking, different ideas uh, had come in, and, and people weren't cer certain about where to go or who to follow or what to do. And John, in this letter, is saying it's Jesus. That the Father sent His Son to love us. 
That's how we know that there is love and that God loves us. He sent a son. A, a scientist has, um, doing an experiment, and a scientist would have uh, all kinds of facts and figures and different data points, and, and uh, a scientist, you know, he's, he's doing this or she's doing that, collected all of these different data points, but not all of the data points are germane to the issue at hand. There may be some extraneous points. They're, they're not untrue. It's just they're not going to help you get to the solution of, of whatever that problem is. Or a case in court. There are all kinds of facts. Uh, there are all kinds of details uh, that, that the uh, attorney may have. But, but all of these facts and all of these points aren't necessarily germane to the case at hand. It doesn't mean they're not true. It doesn't mean they're not accurate. It's just they're not going to help you get to the solution. And so it is when we think about love. And when we think about God's love for us, we say, well, how do I know if God loves me or not? We have all of these different data points. This problem, that problem, some other terrible thing, some other awful thing. And all of those things, and all of those are real, and all of those are true. But they're not what gets us to the answer. How do we know that there is a God of love? The Father sent Jesus, His Son, that's how you can be certain God loves you. The Father sent His Son to love us through death. Of all things, through death, God has loved us. Through the death of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the propitiation. Don't you like that word? He is the propitiation. The propitiation. That means He took the penalty upon Himself. He took the payment upon Himself for you and for me. And now you and I are safe from our own death. The Father sent His Son to love us through death, through His death, through our death, beyond our death, to life. This is how you know that God is a God of love and that God loves you. He sent His Son to love you through death to life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, because I live, you too shall live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. This is love. I want to encourage you to hang your hat right here. Uh, do you remember that old song? Can I say this old song? <laughs> that old song, Papa was a rolling stone. You know, I... Wherever he laid his hat was his home. Where you hang your hat's your home. You know, that's the idea. Wherever you put your hat, that's your home. That's where you stay. That's where you abide. I want you to abide right here. In the certainty that, that God is love. Regardless of the data set, regardless of the other points of information that are out there, that you would be convinced that God is love. John said, John concluded this. He said, We have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. John had terrible things in his life. We talked about this last week. His brother was executed by Herod, just like that. He'd known about the execution of other leaders in the church, Paul and Peter. He'd been exiled. He knew about persecution. And yet, in spite of those other awful things that had happened in his life, he had concluded that God is love. And that God shows his love in Jesus. That's how we know God loves in Jesus. John said, this is love. 
not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. How do you know God loves you? Did you pray for perfect health, healing, and you didn't get it? Well, how do you know God loves you? Or, or maybe you're praying to win the lottery or to get rich or to have money. Or, or maybe you're uh, uh, praying about all these little things that you want in your life. And, and you pray about these things and you think about things and the health doesn't get better and you never win the lottery and you don't get all the things you've been asking for. And you start to think, well, maybe God doesn't love me after all. No, here's how you know He loves you. He sent Jesus to be your Savior. I want you to hang your hat there. Uh, For whatever prayers don't seem to be working out, for whatever goals in life aren't coming true, I want you to hang your hat here that God loves you in Jesus. And that's His plan for us too. Love is the plan. Uh, John talked about that. He said, Uh, God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. He said this a little later, for uh, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. People agonize about what to do with their lives. And that's not a bad thing to think about. What should I do with my life according to my gifts and abilities? Should I go here? Should I do this? Uh, But people agonize about their lives and about what they're going to do, about the achievements they might gain, about the the sports they might get involved in, about uh, whether they're going to go here, see this, or, or stay there. And we say, well, what's God's plan for me in all of that? Here's God's plan for you in all of that. Wherever you are, Love the people that are around you. That's the plan. Uh, God is fiercely committed to your well-being, even to the point that He had a son die for you. And as He has loved you, that's His call to love one another, that you would love and care for and bless. Whether, Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder or down the corporate ladder, whether you're on a soccer field or on a basketball court, whether you're traveling here, staying there, or stuck some other place, that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that's the plan. Love the people that are around you. Hang your hat there. This is the, kind of the point of simple clarity that, that John wants us to have. And in this love, there is no fear. John says, love conquers fear. He he talks about having uh, love casting out fear. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. He says that this love conquers fear so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. People are frightened, people are scared, people are worried. And we're seeking safety. We're seeking comfort. I just started a book. It's a great, uh, very interesting book. Just started. It's, it, the title of it is The Coddling of the American Mind. Isn't that a good title? The Coddling of the American Mind. And it talks about how we're driven by fear and anxiety and have this great quest for safety. Where are we going to find safety? It's here. In the perfect love of God that casts out all fear. 
God has loved you. He's going to work all things together for your good. There isn't anything that anybody can really do to destroy you. Oh, someone may hurt you, and it may be difficult and indeed very painful, but God is greater. If God is for you, there isn't anybody that can be against you. And even if they take your life, death is swallowed up in victory. And now you and I, because of Jesus and His love for us, have no fear even of condemnation before God. For when we stand before His mercy seat, we're going to hear that He has loved us with an everlasting love in Jesus and will bless us in the love that we've had for others. John isn't always clear, (laughs) but in this passage we have a point of simple clarity about God's will and God's love for us. Uh, Today, too, like then, there are all kinds of different voices, all sorts of teachers, all kinds of impacts on our lives trying to distract us, and we may be confused, we may be befuddled about what matters, what counts, and and how should we really live. You know the passage, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's John. Okay, that's John. Okay, that's John. Look at this. This is 1 John 3.16. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us. That's how we know God loves us. He laid down His life for us. And what do we do with our lives? We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Simple. Clear? Amen. Having heard God's word, I want to invite you to rise and let's proclaim our faith as we speak together the words of the Nicene Creed.